You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely friends. Before we jump right into the episode today, I just want to say thank you so much for following me along on this journey the past seven months. Doing this podcast has been so much fun, and as the the year 2019 is coming to a close, I've just been reflecting on my year and my businesses and the work that I've done and obviously this podcast that I put out and it's been a lot of fun. I've met a lot of really cool people. I've talked a lot about a lot of really interesting subjects that I am passionate about and I really appreciate you listening and tuning in and liking, subscribing, sharing. I've said that before and I will not stop saying it because it really does mean a lot to me and to know that there are other people who are excited about what I have to say and are interested in it. And it's just been it's just been a wild year. Um and I will say for anyone out there who is interested in doing a podcast, the learning curve is not as large as you might think it is. I mean, certainly trying to put a podcast out every week and also have several businesses that you're running or jobs that you're doing is challenging. And there have been many nights that I have been working on the podcast at 12 in the morning <laughs> trying to come up with the name of the podcast or you know the little show notes and the paragraphs and I mean that's honestly what takes the most time for me is coming up with the name <laughs> of the podcast but anyways thank you so much for tuning in and listening I am excited for 2020 I have really great feelings about this year this decade that we're about to jump into, a new decade. It's pretty crazy. And it just kind of dawned on me recently that it's going to be 2020, even though, duh. Uh, 2019 was a pretty good year, but I just have this really great feeling about uh, 2020. And I hope that it's going to be wonderful for all of us. So let's jump into the podcast episode. I am super excited about this guest. She and I have known each other for 10 years. We actually met through work. We work together. And I say this earlier, earlier when we actually start talking is that she was the first person who I ever met who was into alternative healing. And she actually healed me of several things when we were working together and suggested different things for me, remedies for me. And so that was like the first experience that I ever had with alternative healing. I definitely grew up, you know, with this thought of you, well, you go to the doctor. I never knew that there were other ways to heal. I mean, I never even thought about food as healing. And now I am totally on the other side. So my friend Olga Mejia is such an amazing person. She has had so many different amazing life experiences. She has lived all over the world and traveled all over the world, picking up different knowledge and credentials along the way. She has studied traditional Chinese medicine, acupressure, naturopathy, Reiki, just to name a few. But Olka's crazy life experiences definitely helped shape who she would become, many of them relating to death and dying, oddly enough. Olga lived in Manhattan when AIDS hit in the 1980s, and there she would have a near-death experience that would have a profound effect on her life. 
So we, of course, go over that. We also talk about her living in Belgium, where she would become interested in traditional Chinese medicine, acupressure, naturopathy. We talk a lot about the subconscious mind and her work with the subconscious through different techniques, including quantum healing hypnosis, meditation, and simply working through all the negative in our minds, whether it be from our own traumas or ancestral issues. We also chat about kundalini yoga, pranayama yoga, breathing, the double breath technique, past life regression, CBD. We cover it all. It is an amazing interview. Olga is one of my favorite people. She is such a beautiful soul and just a beacon of light for this world. So without further ado, here is my interview with the lovely Olga Mejia. Hi, Olga. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, my God. It's such a pleasure. I'm excited. <laughs> We've been kind of planning this for a while, honestly. Yes. Right? Just trying to yes. figure out a good time. Yes. And Divine now's timing. Now's the time. Yep. It's the perfect timing. It is. So I was thinking earlier, um, actually a couple of weeks ago, I did you know an episode with Lucy. And Lucy and I have known each other for 10 years. And you and I have known each other for 10 years because we all met yes. together. And yes. we all worked together. <laughs> Which was like the most magical time. It was great. Dream team. Dream team. We were. We were. And Nika. And you know, Nika. All four of us. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about that and then also thinking about how I learned about like alternative treatments yeah, and like healing mm-hmm. through you. That was like the first time I'd ever even like heard of anything like that, right? Yeah. So it was first, I don't even know why you had recommended coconut oil, but you recommended coconut oil for something and... And then maybe it was lotion or something like yeah. that, you know, using it as a lotion. Oh, my God. We're talking 2008, 2009? Yeah. 2009, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beginning of 2008 or, mm-hmm. or like April or something is when I mm-hmm. started there. But I had never heard of coconut oil before. Now everybody knows what but coconut oil is. Now. Yeah. Every time I everybody uses it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like cooking or putting it on your skin yes. or I use it to wash my face. It's like, it's like yeah. the best. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And then the other thing is that I... TMI for the viewers or right. listeners yeah. <laughs> is that I had a UTI mm-hmm. and I didn't want to take antibiotics and you recommended that I take probiotics, which I'd never, I might heard of probiotics. Yeah. I don't know, but that was yeah. way before it was mainstream like it is now. You know, mm-hmm. you told me to take probiotics and cranberry pills and it went away. Yeah. That's and, that, and that wonderful. was like the first, my first experience of like the magic of <laughs> not taking, going yes. to the doctor, you know? I mean, yeah. We're, we're so used to mm-hmm. solutions in a pill kind of, you know, yeah. and, and that. And, and I always think, you know, always look at words in the genealogy because antibiotics is anti-life. Yes. Probiotics is totally. pro-life. Absolutely. You know? So, I mean, it's, right. everything is hidden in plain sight. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Antibiotics kill everything, you know. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it does. I mean, they do have their place. There's some absolutely. Yeah. Oh my and, god! Yeah. And draw and pharmaceuticals in general and modern medicine. I'm not. I throwing yeah. it totally we under need, the bus. No, 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 no. Absolutely. We absolutely need it. They, they actually they work hand in hand. Yes, you know. So, yeah. so yeah, we absolutely we need, need to have mm-hmm. um, Western medicine, yeah. which is what I call it. But. Absolutely, yeah. It needs to be a balance, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, so. Obviously, you've listened to some of my podcasts, so you know that I, I like to do, yeah. 
I like to talk about people's origin stories, as I call them, which on one of my episodes, Kelly Jean was like, I love this. It sounds like I'm a superhero. <laughs> I was like, well, you kind of are. We all are in our own right, you yes, know? I mean, in different ways. Yeah. Maybe we can't fly in the sky, but, but yeah. we have powers, you <laughs> we know? We do have superpowers. We just need to bring them out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so you're, I mean, you have a, a whole host of credentials and, and things that you've done in your life and learned and, you know, um, but how did you, what's your beginning? Like, well, I mean, I think that, you know, for people to understand a little bit about my background, I kind of like, well, I, look, I'm Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, so that, that's my, or, my yeah. origin. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, how I came into this 3D body, right. I like to say, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I'm Puerto Rican. We have a very specific culture. I was raised, you know, in the sixties and seventies and eighties where that was my playground, Fun. you know? Yeah. That was my playground. So, um, so yeah, so Army Brat, I think it's very important to note, too, you know, right, because right. we did a lot of traveling. And when you're a young child, it's very confusing because for all those Army Brats out there, you know that you're moving all the time. So you're mm. moving from place to place, making friends, uh, like the first year you're there, and then you leave. Oh, how hard. It was tough, Awful. you know, because you're always that kid that yeah. people are introduced, the teachers are introducing in the middle uh, of the school year. Yes, and then we you have all the attention <laughs> mm-hmm. that you don't want. You don't <laughs> want. Can I'm I never. Yeah, I, I'm not that person. Right. You know, that needs to yeah. be the center of attention. But but yeah, but I, I think it. I, I I point that out because it inculcated in me such incredible values. It's like. It's given me this wanderlust to travel, you know, and um, to very adaptable. I learned this, you know, when you're a young adult and you start, you know, leaving home and everything, you start realizing, you know, those things in your childhood that maybe you didn't like, but Mm. then all of a sudden it's like, it's, those are the things that help you, you know, navigate the world and everything. So, so yeah, so that's one thing I want to say. But I think, you know, oh, I left, I left Puerto Rico. You know, my my dad decided to retire there. He was a Vietnam vet and that mm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I moved away. I left the island of Puerto Rico to go to school. And I went with my, my cousin, who mm. was a genius. She was oh, she was two years my, my, my junior. So mm. I was in high school at normal ages and everything. And yeah. she was always two years behind, but ahead of her time. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. so... We took off together. The family thought, oh, that'll be nice and safe, you know, yeah. together. Okay. And uh, so we did. We went to New York, upstate wow. New York, went to college together. And, and so this was in the 70s? This was in the oh. 70s, like 1975. Like 1975, oh, yeah. Yeah, but, oh, um, you know, throughout my childhood, I had all of these bizarre experiences, you know, like contacts with spirits. And oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I say contacts with spirits. It's more like visits, you know, that yeah, I would yeah. have. And it, I thought it was just normal, you know, right. that and um, they would be sporadic, but they were there. And also, you know, a couple of entities and stuff and things like that yeah it was very 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 weird but I've I became very and and this is something that I I I didn't realize that kids were like this but I became very self-aware at an early age Mm. I mean I remember being six years old and just lying in bed crying because I couldn't imagine stopping to think 
<laughs> you know that that when oh, people die you stop to oh, think right. you have no yeah. more thoughts you right. know? and I just couldn't accept that it's I was scary. like this is yeah it was yeah. like like how do I fit you know yeah. and everything like that so so yeah so at a very early age you know wow. that was happening um so yeah so one thing that was just really you know you have these defining moments in life and it happened with my cousin her name was Marilu and the very first you know we were very naive and you know coming from this culture and everything to the states and um she just got sick and four days later you know we were in the same dorm and four days later she died what yeah I mean, she had meningitis, or you don't know. No, well, knows. what happened is that, and of course, we found out later because I didn't understand, you know, what happened there. But basically, it was October. It was the end of October, and you know, everyone was getting the flu. And the college doctor, um, mm. he was just treating everybody like they had the flu. He didn't, you know, run any tests on her or anything. And then he went off for his weekend, whatever. And during that weekend, she got worse. I was literally in a college that was for nursing. It was a nursing school, so we had all of these, you know, nursing majors in the dorm who were, like, helping me, trying to understand what was going on with her. We would call the doctor. At one point, we went to the emergency room, and, you know, you'd send her back home. I mean, it was just weird. It just got worse and worse. So on the fourth day, no, on the third night, you know, I was hardly sleeping, you know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I was hardly sleeping. But um, again, I got visited by a spirit, and it was this old lady, and she just sat next to my bed, and it felt like she was right there, and it was like, everything's going to be okay. That's all she said to me. Everything is going to be okay. And I didn't understand that, but the next day, um, my cousin fell really, really, uh, she just went like downward spiral. Mm. And um, I was telling one of the my doormates, you know, mm-hmm. we, we got to call the doctor or somebody because, you know, the RA of the building, she was a, a nursing major, she was graduating. Mm-hmm. She came down and basically uh, realized, she saw my cousin's stool and she realized this is not normal. It was green, you know, it was just bizarre. <sighs> but long story short, you know, like <clears throat> they called an ambulance and I was sitting there with my cousin in my arms, you know, like she just, she was on the floor because I took her to the bathroom and when we were coming back, she was just like, just leave me here, leave me here. And and she literally just died, you know, and she was just like, I want my mommy. Oh. I know, oh. it was just horrific. So, uh, you know, it, it that profoundly affected me and my family you know um so so that was something that was actually it even affected me in college you know and just being there and and everything yeah how could it not I know you know yeah and then you know so so you know looking back at that like years later I was so um aware of the sense of guilt that I carried Mm -hmm at my age I couldn't I couldn't couldn't yeah I couldn't I tried to I was in the ambulance with her we we pushed so much those for you know those couple of days Mm -hmm. uh without any response from the adults who Mm -hmm. you think you know as a kid you're yeah adults should help us you know when you're 18 you think you know everything but you trust adults authority you know and we had these the doctors in the emergency room telling us oh everything's okay you know so of course everything's okay you know yeah so that's 
really created a big mistrust for me mm. towards uh, the medical field, you know. Mm. So mm-hmm. um, when I left college, I, I went to live in New York City because that was the place to be. Oh, yeah. You know, it was the early 80s. Yeah, like, what a fun time. got to be there, yeah. yeah. So I, I spent 10 years in Manhattan, and oh. the, I have to tell you that the 80s was a year of decadence in oh, New York, yeah. you know. Wow. It was just, it was it was not safe, you know, oh. in certain parts of the oh, street, gosh. yeah, in certain areas. Uh, it was just yeah. like the, you know, there was a lot of problems going on in the 80s. Right. And the most major oh, yeah. one is that when AIDS hit, right. you know. Yeah. And I was a young social worker <clears throat> at the time. And I was working, I started uh, working at the Victim Services Agency mm. in, in, in Harlem. and mm. um, Oh, like, gosh, how hard. Yeah, it was really, but, it, you know, the funny thing is, is that, uh, my mother would be like praying for me every day. Oh. <laughs> you live in New York. Oh my God, you live in Harlem. Oh my mind. Yeah, yeah. just like oh no, you know. But uh, but I never had any problems. In fact, I really got oh, along well with the the people of the neighborhood and everything like that. So yeah. I was just kind of like yeah. pretty. I just never really thought about trouble in my mind. I always, right. I guess, I again, I was kind of naive. Still. <laughs> but um, but the interesting point about that is that it 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 changed. It completely changed the direction of what I wanted to do because AIDS just kind of just happened mm-hmm. and everyone was freaking out because no one knew how it was transmitted mm-hmm. the same problem was having in San Francisco you know right. and so it was it attacked as you know the gay population right. and so I got really into that and I had this mentor this this who I worked with a victim services agency and he was the director there and he started taking another direction and he took me with him, and um, I started. I, I immediately got hired at this place called the Bailey House, and the mm-hmm. Bailey House right now is thriving. But it was mm-hmm. on Christopher Street, which was the gay neighborhood. You know, Greenwich Village was uh, like the gay section. Oh, really? Yeah, that was I like didn't know that. yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Funny. So, and it was near. The, it was on the west side, and you had these. Uh, um, how do you say the docks and everything on on that side? Oh, yeah. So right. a lot of the. Um, the gay prostitutes would walk those streets yeah so bailey house was an old hotel that was converted it had 50 mm-hmm. rooms for um persons with aids who were mm-hmm. homeless you oh. know and you would i mean it was just like i said no one everyone was like fearful of gay yeah. men you know yeah. they didn't know like i said we didn't who know yeah they it's didn't like, know you how shake their hand and yeah. then they're gonna give it to they you they don't get yeah. it and yeah. everything like that so so there was a lot of oh, that and gosh, i was a I young social worker and i had my caseload and and uh, at the hotel you know at this residence and you know it was really pretty much just being with someone until they died you know oh. because that's what it, it was just ravaging the body you know I mean, you have these images of someone starving in Africa, and that's what they look like, skeletal, you know, by the time they passed away. Um, And there was this one, it's funny thing is, is that I had this dream one night, and, you know, it was, I had to go to work the next day, and and it was one of my charges, it was one of the guys in my um, caseload, and um, he came to me in my dream, and he was like, Olga, where do I go, where do I go, and I'm like, go to the light oh my gosh <laughs> I don't know why but in my dream I was telling yeah. him go to the light you know go to the light. and so I woke up got thinking wow that was weird you know how you have these dreams and yeah. I, I go to work and as soon as I walk in the receptionist who greets people he said to me oh my god Richard died last night and it was the same guy that came to me in my dream whoa. and I was like whoa yeah it was like one of those 
Um, so l like I said, that's just an example of things that would happen to me that I just felt like this connection to... I mean, at that time, did you, did you, you know, realize or, or looking back, you're like, oh, that was all serendipitous or uh, at the time where you like, no, or did you just shrug I it off? You know, like sometimes it. No, people shrug I, it off, I, you know? As soon as, as soon as this uh, receptionist told me, I knew that he right. had come to me, wow. you know, so yeah. he, he was... He passed away and probably swung by and said, well, she's the one that takes me to the oh, doctor's office. Yeah. She's the one that's been guided, you know, right. social, my social worker. Right. Maybe she knows. You know? <laughs> Where did I go? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, oh but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, this was a place where everyone was rejected. They were homeless or they lost all their money and that kind of thing. And, mm. and you know, so that greatly impacted me. Um, the, at that time, the, there was a lot of alternative therapies. I mean, mm. people were desperate. They didn't know what to do. True. So they started doing like, oh, I remember there was this one treatment where people were drinking their own urine. Ugh, that's you a know. new, people are doing that now. Yes, I bizarre. heard. I know. Yeah. So that's yeah. A, that was a thing back then, yeah. you know? And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, of that. all things. I mean, like, sorry, I'm like yeah. in the desert and I don't have anything yeah. to eat or drink. You yeah, know, that's literally the only time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll do that. Maybe. But yeah, I don't know. I might just die. I'm gnawing my wrist. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so all of this kept on, um, you know, affecting my view of death, you mm. know. And I, somewhere inside me, I knew that it was not an end, you know. I just yeah. felt that. Uh, and, then, and then I, which, you know, my near-death experience you know, I was 21 years old, and um, it was a Mother's Day, I remember, and I was staying at this beautiful home in the Hudson, uh, and like this is this was this happened earlier. This oh, I'm sorry, I'm back. So were you in college or you were out? No, were I was actually okay. I was actually um, staying at this. Where did I rent? I don't even remember, but I was staying at this renting a room in this mansion on the Hudson. Oh, wow. it was gorgeous and wow. you know and and the uh the owner was this divorced woman who had a couple of m boy kids you know they were mm -hmm. boy kids but anyway <laughs> the youngest one was 16 and my best buddy dean you know he was my age you know and we were always dabbling in all kinds. I mean, look, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. The 80s were about experimenting with drugs and everything. Right. I never really got hooked into yeah. everything, but I was but always game to yeah. try things. Uh, so, so it was yeah. the 80s, man. I mean, you I'm know, telling you, you it was yeah. a crazy time. I mean, like <laughs> the 60s was, you know, that, that was, they had that time yes. and they were doing, you know, things. Their and thing, their yeah. Thing. yeah. And so, so, yeah, so that was something that that you just you know we tried and of course you know like after i had that near-death experience it was like i'm gonna do that again you know right. what i mean but but yeah and this was a very bizarre thing because it was it happened to both of us so the party kind of had died and it was just the two of us hanging out in his bedroom and literally it was just platonic yeah he, actually he was dating my a, a girlfriend of mine um, so we were hanging out and there were still some drugs around and stuff mm -hmm. and so well, let's just continue we did mm -hmm. and and uh, and it, it, it was very bizarre because all I remember was blacking out, you know, like I knew I was like, oh, boom. boom, and I just fell wow. back, you know, wow. and I don't know what happened to him because I was, you know, I fell right. back and I just went unconscious or something. But then all of a sudden, I know you wanted to touch on this experience, Yeah, I right? think it's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, so all of a sudden, you know, I, all I knew was that I was like thrown into space. I, best thing I could describe it, I, I, you know, was the whole Star Wars where you see the stars Whoa, going past yeah. you. Like I felt that I was flying and I was in space and I was like, 
Okay. You know, I was like very skeptical even during this experience. Yeah. And, and But I felt that my buddy Dean was like right next to me. And I wow. thought that was really weird. It was like, it's like I sensed him and he must have sensed me. Wow. And I was kind of like, you see this kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're saying, yeah, yeah, we're seeing the same thing. Yeah. But it was like we were flying super fast, you know, and I was just aware of my head. You know what I mean? I, it was yeah. like my body I couldn't feel, but I, it was all this, you know, yeah. in front of me. And Which then, is like your spirit or something. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. yes. Yeah. I I was still kind of what's going on right. kind of thing. So this all happened fast. Yeah. You know, I'm taking time t- telling it, but it happened yeah. all very fast. And all of a sudden, you know, you could hear it too. It was like, you know, just Whoa. going fast and forward. And we would go slowing down, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we reached this kind of portal. It's the best way I can describe it. And it was the shape of a triangle. Now I'm into sacred Whoa. geometry. I wasn't back then, but it was wow. really weird how it kind of like appeared in a triangle form. That was kind of bizarre. Yeah. But I could feel this tug towards inside it. And all of a sudden, like as we were sus- in some kind of suspension, you know, looking at this and experiencing it, I could hear this chorus, you know, just a bunch of voices that sounded like one, but I knew it was a lot of voices, you know, and all of a sudden the voices says, now you know, now you understand all. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) And then I could feel that my, my friend was pulling us into oh, it no. you know it was like his energy was kind of like pulled. like he wanted to go there he wanted to go and I was kind of like mother's day I'm not gonna die yeah. I don't want my mom to have a kid oh, die you know yeah. and so I just went no and I just went Phew! and I ended up back in my body and the next thing I knew it I was kind of like conscious and looking around touching myself and I saw Dean next to me and he was kind of waking up and weird it was very bizarre and and then we kind of looked at each other like oh my god what was that you know wow. and I told him don't tell me anything just write it down you know write oh, it cool. down and I'll write it down and let's see and it what, was the same yeah because I I didn't weird. couldn't understand what had happened yeah um but anyway, so we checked, you know, we got back together after we wrote it down. It was pretty much just, it was exactly the same thing, pretty much. And Weird. I remember we were sharing that experience at the dinner table with his mom, who is a science, was a science physicist, you oh. know? Yeah, she very intellectual family. Yeah. Um, and she was like, you guys died. <laughs> she was like, you guys died, you wow. know? And, and we were like, wow, okay, you know, that happens. Um, but but again I mean I think that yeah and it was kind of interesting because like uh, afterwards it was like everything had meaning it lasted mm. for like a week you know <laughs> it was like I was just everything kinda, you did everything, everything I did was like there's a bird yeah oh, oh my there's god there's a meaning <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god I got cut oh my god what there's a meaning what does it symbolize <laughs> yeah, so, I mean that kind of died off as, I, you know, <laughs> right. as time went yeah. by but that's not uh, yeah, yeah yeah but but again you know I had all of these unusual experiences with death you know and dying that um one of the I think one of the effects of that experience was that I in my mind I was like I'm not afraid of death Mm. I kind of like feel like Mm. I I I went there and kind of came back and it was like it just kind of reassured this part of me that felt that, you know, it doesn't end. Right, which that is very reassuring. Yeah. I think that's what most people are so afraid of is that, I mean, that's what I have definitely, like, gone up and down on is, like, 
that fear of what if there is nothing else, know, you know? I it's know. scary. It's scary. And I don't know why don't it's so scary. I know. It's kind of like you have your thinking, your mind and everything. My mind and then also like all the people that I care about. I'm like, I want to be with them forever. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Or their spirit. I mean, not them. You know, yeah. their spirit or whatever. Yeah. So Them, uh, I mean, yeah. But I mean, and, and the good news yeah. is that you are. <laughs> you know, these are all contracts, you know, that we're yeah. experiencing. So it's 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 all, you know, there's these different tribes, these different soul uh, tribes, you mm. know, that are together and attract each other's energy like attracts like right mm, um mm-hmm. so so yeah but it's all about lessons and you know you can go anywhere you want basically you know like in, mm. in when you choose a life you know which i do believe too i think i think we we have a lot more control of things than we're than we think than we, we think yeah. and that we're taught mm, yeah you know yeah i hope so yeah yeah. <laughs> okay, so then the naturopathy. Yes. So that was obvious. So the near death experience, you were 21. Yeah. But then naturopathy was yeah, much natu- later, or how, well, how soon was that? What happens is that. And what is naturopathy? Because some oh, people might not yes. know what naturopathy yeah. is. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's. Let's kind of like go into that. But as far as how I got into into that, since I was kind of being exposed in New York City to all mm-hmm. of these alternative things, I became really, really interested in in, in that. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I had heard about naturopathy, um, and it was kind of like, okay, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I'd like to learn something. You know, yeah. um, and then I met my second husband, mm-hmm. who was from Belgium. And, you know, he was extreme, you know, he was very wealthy, very wealthy. Mm. And what happened is that I kind of like, and this does happen to people who work with people who are dying all the time, you know, it's like you kind of burn out if you don't have any kind Mm. of support you know emotional support if you don't seek help and Mm -hmm. and everything so yeah that could take um, a toll oh yeah yeah, it could take a toll and so he always wanted to go back to Belgium because he was a Mm -hmm. businessman and um so that's what happened Uh, we I moved to Belgium all with the you know we had a home in Southampton New York beautiful home I didn't want to give it up I was like I don't want to move I don't I'm Belgium I don't know the language yeah yeah yeah. and he's like we're going you know and I'm like okay for six months he told me okay right and so he kept the house in New York and uh ended up living in Belgium for 15 years yeah we divorced and I stayed in Belgium but that was when I started really deep diving into alternative therapies Mm -hmm. I had started off by learning shiatsu Mm-hmm. Uh, which to me, you know, it's 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 the traditional Chinese medicine TCM. Um, so oh, but that, that it's called sh- how do you say it? It's called TCM. I know that, but right. you said traditional shi- shiatsu. Oh, shiatsu. shiatsu, shiatsu. I've never shiatsu. heard of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so. if you can imagine, just kind of like acupressure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. working with the meridian system and Ooh, different yeah. points. Like you have acupuncture, which is the needling, right. which you know at different points. It's like the nerve, right? Too, well, right? Or not the nerve. nerve. It's actually it's actually like, no. I I know that's not true. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> it, it works with the meridian system. Right. It's the energetic body that, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, if you imagine the energy centers of the chakras, mm-hmm. you know, but this uh, meridian body exists and is used. And different organs, are, each organ is attached to a, a meridian, mm-hmm. like the liver meridian, the lung meridian, etc. Some of the meridians are yang and some of them are yin. So depending on the direction that you work with in a client when you're working with them. Oh, and by the way, 
your client is completely clothed and I used to love that (laughs) (laughs) right I was like again my Puerto Rican sensibilities you know like like, don't take your clothes off don't take your clothes off (laughs) I don't need to see that (laughs) yeah exactly you know and you work with the person on the floor you use your knee Mm. you use your body you use really all all, I've never had that done oh you would love it you would love it because it's just so powerful after you come out from it and especially um, depending on the skill of the person, they know exactly the direction to work. They know how you know what part of you just by <sighs> with TCM you learned how so, to read the body, yeah. and so um, so that was a three year uh, teaching wow. and learning experience. Yeah. You know, it was like took me three years to get that. Wow. But in between all that, um, I heard about a naturopathy school in Belgium, mm-hmm. which was becoming very renowned for its uh, for the high level of teaching that they mm-hmm. had. Um, so, you know, again, this is like in 2000. Hmm. And um, so I went to naturopathy school. And basically naturopathy school, naturopathy is working with nature, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was first started by Hippocrates. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's considered the, the father of naturopathy. Yeah. And it really is using all of the elements of the planet, air, water, sun, mm-hmm. you know, everything in order to understand. Now, uh, what what's interesting is that traditional Chinese medicine kind of opened this gateway because um, in traditional Chinese medicine, the body is like a garden. Mm. You know, there are dry spots, there's there's cold spots, there's um, wetness, there's, you know, you, you have all of these mm-hmm. different elements. Fire, whatever, fire yeah. you know, like sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, the fire is when people get a lot of redness. Mm-hmm. Eczema is an example mm-hmm. of fire being manifested yeah. in the skin. Um, but, but yeah, so, and that just made sense to me, you know, all of that. And so naturopathy was a very easy transition into that. And, you know, of course, massage is a part of naturopathy because Mm -hmm. it works with the body, all of the body work, um, Mm -hmm. modalities. There's kinesiology, Mm -hmm. um, which is the muscle testing. There's iridology, which is reading of the eyes. That's very interesting. There's people that specialize in that. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but again, it's just like going to college and you have all of these you figure out what you really want to focus on there's nutrition nutrition was fascinating to Mm -hmm. me obviously um you know and and a thing that doctors i don't know if that's changed now but it's not part of their career oh it's not at all yeah no i said it uh oh gosh because back then it was exact same and the funny thing is that okay so right now 20 percent of medical schools have any type of nutrition classes and of that 20 percent the max that they have is 20 hours. Yeah. Which is nothing. And this has not changed since mm-hmm. the 1960s because they started, uh, there was like a like a group or, you know, of, of people who investigated uh, medical schools to see how much nutrition courses they were getting. And then they like went, basically went to Congress and were like, this is how much they're getting. This is not enough. We need to up it. And then they're like, okay, we need to figure out how to do that. This has happened every single decade and it hasn't shifted yes. at all. And yeah. they keep saying that and they keep coming back and being like, oh, this is all that's, that's there. It's like, really people get something yeah. done here, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And especially now, I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, like when I came from from Belgium in 2005, I had this false belief that, oh, well, you know, start working outside the home. Because yeah. I, I was doing that in Belgium, you know, and lo, lo and behold, I learned very quickly that you have to have a medical degree in order to mm-hmm. practice naturopathy. Oh. 
I know. And that was like, oh, I don't want to go back to medical. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Oh, yeah, that's the goal. It's too much. Okay, so yeah. anyway, but but that that was that. And plus, people would ask me, and I'd be like, naturopathy, what's that? Yeah. No one really knew. But I think right. now people, oh, people, people, right? People seem or to they've heard the word. More, they might yeah. not understand exactly what it is, what it but is. they've heard it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. So, um, so yeah, so naturopathy really explores all of those, mm-hmm. uh, you know, modalities, whether it's body work, whether it's, you know, learning to read the body. Mm-hmm. But nutrition was really, for me, I was just like, it just... Yeah, yeah I just really yeah. liked that. And another aspect to that was uh, energy work. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by energy work mm-hmm. because, um, you know, it, anything that has to do with um, the unseen, I guess, mm-hmm. metaphysical, that it just it just really resonated with me. Uh, so I got into I, I learned Reiki one two mm. and three so three uh, is really you really don't need to master all three levels mm. you can do two because three is really for those who want to teach and for those who are really mm. working with uh, people long distance you know which and is own, yeah, yeah, which Reiki is amazing, yeah. yeah again we go into the energy work aspect oh. of you know vibration and frequency sound. Uh, healing and all of those things you know Um, but but as we are a society overall uh, that needs proof and evidence Uh, Mm -hmm. it's it's like when you talk about energy where people just their eyes just gloss over you know well because there's no funding behind like there's they're never going to do a study on no you know they're never going to fund a study to do on reiki because how can you make Lots How of money on you, that. Yeah, you can't. I you mean, can't. that's the problem. Yes, yes they, <laughs> they need go to exploit the, it. Yeah, you know? the only that's the only thing you know. If they're going to do all these big studies, it's going to be on drugs yeah. because they can charge a lot of money for them which I mean, now they're doing with cannabis know, you know they're so they're annoying yes, oh my gosh yes, they have re- they figured out a way to get a patent so that they like why would i want to take a synthetic synthetic yeah when you have when you have the real thing yeah yeah <laughs> ever Again, you know i mean you know i grew up in a generation where if someone had a lab coat they spoke truth right <laughs> You know? And now I think the total opposite. Yes, which is sad. yes. Yeah. And I remember reading these studies, like even back then, where it said, like the you know the irritating patient, you know the one that gets that's just a pain in the butt in the hospital. Well, guess what? Those are the ones that heal faster. Oh, the people yeah. who resist, you know, like any, you know, like yeah. fight, you know, and yeah, give it, yeah. oh my God, that's a problem patient in room 455. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it's like, well, guess what? They're the ones that are going to probably heal faster because right. they have a will. Exactly. You know, they have They're a asking questions will. for a reason. Yes, like, yeah. exactly. The, the, mm-hmm. That pesky patient that's always asking questions, those are the ones the doctors don't want to deal mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know there's some great doctors out there. I apologize to anyone. No, I'm not saying that all there. of them yes. are. But yeah. I mean, we certainly, I mean, most people who are probably listening to this are on similar page to <laughs> yes, some extent. Yes. I mean, we've just lost sight of, you know, we what, have. yeah, we've lost our way basically. Our way. I mean, because this, you know, all of this is just, uh, the ancient knowledge that right. we've lost. Well, it's just a, uh, a disconnect to our planet too. You know, yes. I mean, this couldn't go deeper. I mean, society wise, like culture wise, food wise, all of these things, we've just disconnected ourselves that we're not part of it you know we're humans we're up here right. we're like so right. much above everything else oh, yes. you know the humans think they're the rulers of the world <laughs> yeah and that we're not part of nature but yeah. we are and we are. you know mm-hmm. if we could work 
with nature yes on and lots of different levels yeah. and that's you know? i find that with naturopathy does and yeah. and not only that with naturopathy you learn that every single person that comes t- for help is really it's like a it's like getting a, a suit made in hong kong or london and seville row where where it's made for you mm. and that's what nat- the naturopath will do right they're going to understand your body, your lifestyle. They're going to read your body, and they're going mm-hmm. to know what are those elements and what are those things that your body craves right. and that will resonate with you. And so you try different modalities with different people, right. um, you know, and with that understanding. And another mm-hmm. thing about naturopathy, it requires 100% buy-in by the person because mm. the responsibility for healing is the person's. Right. It's not the, the naturopath. It's really, you know, you have to commit yourself 100%. And that's really one of the obstacles I find with naturopathy because people are so used to getting a solution like that. You know, Gosh. they go to the doctor and this helps immediately. Uh-huh. You get an immediate effect, you know, from right. whatever you're given. But where is your control? Mm-hmm. And naturopathy uh, take, uh gives control to the person, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and, and it's about education, right. educating the person and helping them understand their body, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you want the person to find their way because mm-hmm. once they stop coming to you, you want them to be able to thrive and you give them the tools. Yep. Yeah, totally. you give them the tools for that. You kind of guide them and, nur- and nurture them through it. But then there's a point, it's almost like the baby, the baby bird that baby has bird. to leave, you know, yeah. and that's, that, that's, yeah. that's the best yeah. part about yeah. naturopathy right. is that once you know that that person is equipped and understands their body mm-hmm. and understands how their body responds to different foods different environments because there's the emf going on mm-hmm. there's people who are suffering more with emf God, than others and things on oh that. yeah that is yeah. really weird there's some people that have very extreme reactions right. to wi-fi um, so it's not everyone. Again, right. each body is different. Everybody's so different, yeah. And that's really the key of naturopathy mm-hmm. is to finding that, um, what, what's the key for that person? For that person, You know, yeah. what's going to open that person mm-hmm. up in, uh, into their own knowledge? Yeah. I mean, I think it's super empowering, you know? Mm-hmm. It is. For, for it a is. patient. I mean, it is. But, you know, again, I've had people They can be. They can't. Yeah. You know, it's like they'll come and I'll be telling them, okay, this, this, and this. Are you ready for that? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. I don't have the time. I, know. I just can't do this, you know. It, the time you know, or the family. I right. mean, like, especially, like, with the nutrition side, I think I can imagine. I mean, I don't have, you know, I have a husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have kids and things like that. So I can't imagine that it's possibly more difficult when you have a family that wants to eat this way and you're trying to heal yourself and you need to eat this and then you're going to have to, what, cook two different meals, yeah. you know? Yeah. That sounds terrible. It does, but it does. Come but it down can. To that. Yeah. I mean, I know, but and some people just, you know, they can't. Exactly. It'll, it'll get. To, exactly. it's, maybe it's too exhausting. Yeah. I mean, there's so many factors, and you know, definitely our culture with the go go go, and people are just swamped. I it's mean, very, yeah. very, very challenging, and know. you know, and um, I mean, my my dad, he had dementia, and um, you know, I stopped working to help him and my mom, and you know, yeah. she passed away, but. But the point I was just wanting to get with that is that, you know, he had his way of eating, you know. And, and he wasn't going to change it. And he wasn't going to change right. it. I, I would try and introduce all of these healthy uh, things, yeah. you know. And he'd be looking at the plate like, what is that? <laughs> Give me my rice and beans and oh tostones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
know, plantains and stuff. Um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, he, there were certain things that he did do. I was able to get him off his meds. I worked with his primary well, care physician. Well, yeah, he was great. I don't know how dad ended up with this guy, but he was wonderful and willing. Well, and by the time we were done, he was not, he was off all his meds because he well, suffered from PTSD from Vietnam and all yeah, that stuff. Right. But, and, uh, anyway, so, so he was on CBD oil and let me tell you, it was great. Gosh, isn't it was great. It helped him get through his sleep. You know, wow. the indica, you know, yeah. when it had a strong indica, the cannabis oil, the CBD oil. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, just alert out to anyone that has uh, someone suffering from PTSD. I'm telling 100%. you that. And again, you have to understand the, um, the different cannabinoids that are yeah. in the CBD because it varies. And there might be, you know, you might have tried CBD and it didn't work, but that's because it's not the They're proper, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not the proper right. cannabinoids. So, yeah. and plus our body loves cannabis because it has endocannabinoids, right. which is, is the receptors. Mm-hmm. We literally have receptors know, so in our body yeah. to work with cannabis like it's pretty obvious we were meant to we, consume yeah, cannabis yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. we were and and you know anytime i'm i'm i've always been very anti-authority i mean since childhood me too, me i've too. always been that person <laughs> <laughs> sit down <Lord. laughs> you know, calm down you know but yeah. but that's a good thing yeah because i anytime uh any you know wh- where where they tell me not to look that's where i'm gonna me look me too you know if they say okay we better and cannabis, I'm going to be like, okay, there's something to Why? There's yeah, why. there's a reason why you did. <laughs> yes, yes. That's always been my nature. As soon as they t- they try to censor something or shut down something, I'm going to be that person that's going to look behind the curtain. Me too. You know? <laughs> it's the same with like, I'm if everybody's doing one thing, mm-hmm. then it makes me not want to do what it. Is <laughs> Yeah, I might have some kind of fashionable thing because yeah. I was used to be so into fashion. Yeah. Still, I'm kind of, but you know, but if everyone's wearing it, I'm going to stop wearing it. Thing. And there are certain outfits right now that like everybody looks the exact same when yes. I walk down the street. Yes. I'm like, don't you realize y'all it's look the same? like a uniform, but we yeah. don't realize it. I know we don't. No, it's like, <laughs> don't, don't realize it. Brainwashing yeah. to some degree yeah. or conditioning. I don't exactly. Know. One of those things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, CBD. I I recommend it to pretty much every one of my clients because, yes. but, I mean, because it can help so many different things: PTSD, inflammation, anxiety. Absolutely. Like you could just go down the line of yeah. all the things that it can help. You know, it does. It really does. And and again, that's just um. And thank goodness that people are starting to realize that you just have to find the right one. You have to find yeah. the right one. You know. Yeah. So that's key. And hopefully the government doesn't uh. You know. Try to make it. Well, <laughs> so, they're probably busy trying to make patents. You know? I, know. I know that they have already patented a lot, you know, regarding cannabis. So super annoying. Making it, yeah, a little super challenging. Annoying. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the, with the naturopathy, um, I just I felt that for myself, it was I was getting healthier, I was getting better, and mm-hmm. you know, it it worked out for me. Right. Um, coming back to the United States, um, I've. Again, I just want to delve back into the whole uh, idea of metaphysics and everything mm-hmm. because this whole um, discussion of the subconscious mind, yes, yeah, and uh, hypnosis. Uh, I, you know, I I kind of skipped over the whole meditation thing. Oh, right. Well, we we can. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's order. no formula. We can just get to it how we get to it. Yeah. Um, the meditation, I've always been interested in that. Even, even since, uh, adolescence, I want to oh, say. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, 
Um, my parents, you know, they've, I've always been a voracious reader. I love to read. And I always went for the big books like Dostoevsky and to- oh, Tolstoy. Wow. Yeah, oh I my always gosh. loved to read. I was voraciously mm-hmm. involved in reading. Still am, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but one of the things that fascinated me was Eastern religions and Eastern beliefs. And so I always felt an affinity for India and India yeah. specifically. I, I didn't, couldn't mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah. Um, but I, did, I started doing Catholic yoga, you know, and it's like, eh, what's that you know my mom my brother oh my gosh yeah but but I was kind of into it and 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 kind of like uh played with it but then I got more into it when I was living in Manhattan yeah I was introduced yes yes and like I said I was just uh interested in everything that was alternative and I don't even remember I think I I literally went on in the phone back then we had phone books yeah meditation (laughs) look it up you know and I came upon this really interesting ashram in I think it was on 14th street and he they they still exist but it was kundalini yoga Mm -hmm. and kundalini yoga unlike you know as you know there are different different parts of yoga Mm -hmm. different schools of yoga different focuses but kundalini yoga is very focused not so much on hatha yoga but pranayama which Mm -hmm. is the breathing and also um, a double breath. You know, you, you basically are working with a very powerful breath in order to help uh, the energy rise through mm. the chakra system mm-hmm. to come up. And it's a cycle, you know. Um, and I did that literally every day for seven years. Um, I was going to the ashram after work religiously, you know, uh. no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I had my little ashram friends. Um, All fun. Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. And then that's when veganism, you know, you start yeah. really even getting into more of this. But it was from the lineage of, uh, of, of well, the teacher was Rudy. He was considered a uh, Western guru. And guru, mm. you know, people used to be turned off, and they kind of turn off by the word guru. Oh, my God, guru. <laughs> um, you know, kind of, it's a cult. My mom used to tell me, you're in a cult. Oh, no. Know? Oh, my gosh. No, not really. Not really, no. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but, but basically, Rujananda, he was a student that went to, your, to, to India. He had like this uh, antique store in the Lower East Side. And he literally would teach people that would come into his, into his store. And he became very well known in those parts, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. as far as those people interested in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in this particular lineage, lineage right. which went way back to Michinanda, uh, mm-hmm. Bhagavan uh, Michinanda. And he uh, taught this double breath. And Rudy actually wrote a book called uh, Spiritual Cannibalism. Oh. And yeah, and it's, it's really interesting because basically what he teaches is that you know, if you can think, conceptualize it as uh, the how the lotus comes from the mud, mm-hmm. you know, it, it. murky, muddy stuff, it mm-hmm. emerges into this beautiful flower, right. and you have the lotus leaves and everything, which mm-hmm. is the crown and everything, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so so basically, what you you learn is to take all of the mud, all of the garbage, all of the negative, all of that stuff that you're going through, mm-hmm. and you basically um, work with that 
in order to help rise up through the body, the energy. Mm. Um, so that was really the first time I was exposed to the fact that you need to work with all of the negative, you mm. know, that you have. You have to work mm-hmm. with the garbage in your life, yeah. you know, the mud, right. you know, in order to emerge from. So mm. that made perfect sense to me. Is, yeah. You know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most of us, we, a lot of us did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all different. Most people yeah. I meet had some level of dysfunction yeah, for sure. in their in We've their all, I mean, everybody has their own traumas and things like exactly. that, just different ways, you know. Exactly, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you take all of that trauma and you work with that in order mm-hmm. to reach uh, what's called samadhi, which is the spiritual enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that is something I've carried with me, the practice of meditation, for many years. Yeah. I believe that meditation has saved me in many of situations that I've been in that, you know, I was very, you know, that I was suffering, struggling with emotionally. Um, But, um, but yeah, so that is something that has been with me. And I meditate every day, every single day. I can't miss it. It's I mean, every day, like twice a day or like you do it like in the morning and the night twice a day. I wake up very early in the morning and I sit up in my bed. You know, people say, no, you got to get out of bed and you have to sit somewhere. I'm like, no, well, everybody, everybody, (laughs) you have to be comfortable. You know, I always tell people it doesn't matter. There's no rules. You know, I'm there are, they do try to place it. Like, you know, you're not supposed to sit certain way with the sun or something. Isn't that one? Oh, I don't know. No, like you got to have incest. You have to have a candle. Yeah. No, no. You have to be with yourself. Yeah. You have to just yeah. be quiet. You have to take time. It could be 10 minutes. It could be 20 minutes. It can be whatever feels comfortable to right. you. You know, I think it's important to go out there and learn everything as, you know, learn what you want to learn, but mm-hmm. always take you know, I'm someone who believes you take a little bit of this, a little bit of this, you know, like I cook. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, well, yeah. You see a recipe, you say, wait a minute, I think this would be good this there too, be good. You know, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's the same thing with meditation and mm-hmm. with any teaching. You know, mm-hmm. you have to take everything and incorporate it into what resonates with you, Absolutely. you know, and it's really about focus on the heart. You know, I was just holding my chest there. Oh. And I'm just feeling that, you know, it really is, it's really the heart-brain coherence. You mm. know, you have to have that. Um, but but meditation for me has, has been my drug of choice, basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah it, it's really helped me. And, um, you know, people say, how do you meditate? And there's so many different ways, you mm-hmm. know, again. Um, and that's something I, I, I love teaching, too. Yeah. What I love teaching is really pranayama and mm-hmm. learning how to stimulate, getting people to learn to stimulate that sleeping serpent <laughs> that's <laughs> down there, you know, and kind of yeah, like yeah. just needs to come up, you know, through yeah. the channels, I don't think the I've energy ever, channels. Yeah. I've ever done that. I've listened to some, um, like, YouTube videos, but it's not a video, it's just a voice of like a teacher trying to do, it's like pranayama yoga or something, I guess, mm-hmm. which is basically just kind of like a guided meditation almost, yes. is it not? Yeah. 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 Guided meditations work very well for mm-hmm. people, especially if they're visual in their mm-hmm. learning. You I'm know? very visual, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yes, the painter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. um, and like when I was healing, I, I did a lot of visualizations in general, um, which a therapist had recommended. And then I like my particular thing was like, you know, my insides were all screwed up. Right. So I would visualize and, and like you could come up with whatever is right for you. Right. Mine was a mermaid. <laughs> Oh, wow. I visualized a mermaid going through my insides and she had like healing light 
you know, like exuding from her fingertips and she would just like touch the I walls of this. my intestines, you I know, and like, and, and then you visualize your intestines like healed because that was yes. my problem is my intestines. So like I would visualize them, you know, this nice. Oh, wow. Well, know? I mean, you know, visualize you're in the company of many people, Oprah Winfrey, Edison. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah. mean, Einstein, yeah. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I mean, all of these people and people in high level sports, you yeah. know, they do a lot of visualization training, you yeah, know. Yeah. And I think there, there's this one guy called John Gabriel who helps people uh, with weight loss. Uh-huh. And part of his, actually, he talks about it as being the most powerful part of his lose, losing weight program. Yeah, yeah, not the food. It's yeah, also, I think it's, it's spelled, it's J-O-N, Gabriel. Uh, I, I encourage people to, yeah. to check him out. But he learned about visualization very early on from his father. And in he his premise is basically visual it's visualization which helps you you know wow. as far as you know it's a very powerful part that. and it is and I believe it, 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 yeah. it really is totally very powerful mm-hmm. um you know using that as a technique mm-hmm. you know visualization and and um i mean i think it's something that more and more people are starting to realize that, that right. it has a, a real profound effect on right. them. I mean, John Gabriel, I mean, just to, he he was walk, working on Wall Street, if I remember his story very well. He was over 400 pounds. Wow. Uh, I think he's oh, no. Australian. But anyway, he yeah. he just has this weight loss pro- program. And plus, his first chapter explains everything about the whole um, reptilian brain and how, um, you know, the the fear you know flight and fear um, fight or flight thank you yeah 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 or freeze i hear that that's a new one. Oh, <laughs> yeah because some people just oh, freeze like yes. the deer i did hear that that's so funny <laughs> yeah isn't that funny yeah um, like but, a deer in headlights yeah and that does happen it does and you know happen. i've heard about these stories of um somebody who had you know somebody uh they were sitting somewhere and somebody started touching there was a stranger and they mm-hmm. started just touching their leg and mm-hmm. they were like in a public place mm-hmm. and instead of like that's what they froze they didn't know what how did, it, what you do don't you know do? what to do that's yeah. that was just their response and then yeah. later they were like ah oh, like I'm so angry you know him. yeah <laughs> but they just like froze so that's yeah. funny yeah fight 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 wait light ah fight that's flight. like a tongue twister yeah, i know it is <laughs> okay fight, it. flight and freeze freeze yeah okay okay F- i F- always F- think F- of the deer you know yeah like, yeah we do oh, <laughs> i know right? i feel okay. sad for them they had yeah. see this bright light coming they towards them they're like what is that what is that go to the lights oh, go to like moss they always go to the light i'm always like hmm. i know they, they know yeah. something hmm, maybe <laughs> that is true i never thought about yeah, it like that it's kind of weird yeah but but yeah so he talks about the whole chemical reaction in the brain and how Mm. that works and 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 how you know people who are on yo-yo diets but anyone who's out there experiencing yo-yo diets i encourage you to read john gabriel's work because he he really does nail the the whole um the the reptilian brain and how we react to things and and you just really have to change you literally have to change the way you think. Your thought process. Yeah, your absolutely. thought process yeah. and things, and, which is a very hard thing. It is hard. It's so hard. It's not. It's always a challenge. And I mean, the thing with the diets, which is so horrible, is just that it's it, it goes back to just wanting a magic pill. Like, you think that you can do this diet for two weeks – you'll lose or you know a month or whatever and mm-hmm. then you lose weight and then and then you're fine and then you don't have to eat that way anymore right. you know right. which it's also it's always it's so extreme the diet which obviously isn't sustainable or healthy mm-hmm. because it's like so rapid it's trying trying to lose weight mm-hmm. super rapidly um and then it always comes back on because that's not sustainable and it's not a lifestyle you need to you know eat healthy and form it 
to be a lifestyle of eating healthy and then it just naturally oh yes you'll come to the oh, weight yes. that you're supposed to be at you know oh, yeah well i mean back in the day like um when i was younger and vegans and whatever it's hard to find stuff you know yeah. i mean now you if you're vegan wow lucky you that you're <laughs> vegan now i you know, know? <laughs> i think about that i mean oh, for convenience goodness. food or eating out or just like people thinking you're weird yes i mean back then there wasn't a term really for for vegan, right? It was just everybody was a vegetarian. Yeah, and you either, were either you just lacto didn't, yeah, ovo right, right. or yeah, or you were just an ovo vegetarian right, yeah. or lacto Yeah, it varied. But I mean it was, you know, it would took a lot of effort, you yeah. know, to I mean, I remember I was living near Woodstock, you know, and you know, when I was young, Woodstock was the place to be. Oh yeah. But that was the place that you would have to go to, you know? That you back then oh, they yeah. would have vegan restaurants in Woodstock. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want to go to Woodstock so Very bad. Because oh, I just go. saw something recently that was talking about Woodstock that like, you know, when the when that festival started happening, that some people that went to the festival just decided, oh, I'm, I'm just going to live here. Yeah. And then they opened up little shops and, and stuff. Did. Oh, my gosh, I need to go there. <laughs> it's fascinating. It sounds super if fun. If you ever have an opportunity, you got you to gotta check it out. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's been years since I've oh, been. Oh, I'm sure it's I'm like sure that. it's even better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy who, um, his name's Gene Bauer, and he is... He started Farm Sanctuary, which is in upstate New York. They have one in upstate New York and one in California. But it's like one of the original sanctuaries for, you know, farmed animals, who oh, re- wow. rescuing farmed animals and things like that. And he got his start, or not his start, but he was uh, selling vegan hot dogs at Woodstock, like back in, like right when Woodstock started or whatever. That was yeah. what he was, you know, doing. Because he imagine? had been a, you know, vegan since wow. back then. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... And you couldn't, it was, it's very antisocial being vegetarian and and vegan, you know. I mean, even now, I still think that there's, you know, a lot of, how do you say, misunderstandings, you know, about what it is. And I remember knowing someone who was vegan, and he looked so sick. I mean, mm. he was just pale oh, and frail. And, and I, I know. I was like, what are you eating? Because I don't think it's, you know, yeah. you, there was a part of me that was like, this guy's vegan, but it's not healthy veganism, yeah. you know? And, and again, you were kind of like, I'm going to be vegan. And it yeah. was like, you're kind of like, unless you read a lot, yeah. you know, you're, you're. Well, you didn't have, yeah. I mean, you're just kind of eating beans and then beans, like sprouts right. and <laughs> some rice and okay, lots of vegetables. Lots but of how do we prepare them? You know, I what know. do we do? Well, it's there wasn't the I mean, now yeah. it's so easy. You just like Google. Oh it's my like, God. I want to eat everything. You know, you can pick whatever your favorite dish was that was a kid and veganize it. You know, there you go. and it's right there on it's the computer. Right you know, there, right there. Which I think so I saw easy. Amy's. Is is it Amy's that brand? Oh, I love Amy's. They have vegan macaroni and cheese now. Oh, nice. Well, it's like in the box yeah, thing, yeah, but yeah. still. Oh, Amy's has all kinds of oh, stuff. Oh, they do. Like when I am in a pan, I normally keep some of those in the fridge just because For, yeah i mean Quick, they're not like yeah. the healthy they are healthier than like right just right. you know whatever stofers yeah. or you know whatever yeah. kind of crap sure. that's in the fr- <laughs> freezer section yeah um but they're really good they have one that's uh that's my favorite it's like a cashew cream sauce uh with these like rice noodles and oh my gosh oh my god sounds I good love, do, you read, do you know is it amy's it's amy's yeah oh is it macaroni and cheese uh i've seen the macaroni and cheese i think but i haven't tried that one what what is the one because i'm now i'm gonna go i know i know so it's uh i'll I'll text you yeah just give me but it's a cashew it's rice noodles with a cashew cream sauce i love cashew cream i love i make that all the time did you know that two handfuls of cashews is the therapeutic equivalent to prozac what yeah 
Yeah. No wonder I'm so happy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I eat a lot you, of cashews. Yes. <laughs> cashews are really, wow. an, they're the best natural antidepressant. They're also really good for your teeth. Um, I think it would, they like, you know, can help fight cavities or bacteria and things mm. like that in your mouth. So if you eat Makes a handful sense. of cashews, yeah. you know, yeah. after your meal or yeah. something, it's probably going to help Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, coconut oil too. Well, yes. You know that. Oh Pulling. yeah, I know. Yeah. I was doing that for a while. I haven't done that. You recently. know what I've done? I've kind of like, cause I, I do oil pulling once in a while, yeah. but then I was like, God, because it takes, takes time. so long. I mean, you have oh to be like, if they say do it, turn, flipping I know. Minutes, you know, it's so long. You're <laughs> swishing like, around. Okay, what do I do? What? Swishing <laughs> around right? coconut oil. Yeah. Like somebody's trying to talk to you and you're like, oh my God, I've literally, and then of course the saliva makes it yeah. more and you yeah. I know this yeah. is getting gross, but you know what I mean? And then, and then you have a cup that you put it in that looks disgusting. And it's near my counter. I mean, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah it's a whole thing. Well, yeah. you know what I started doing? I started, I started putting coconut oil on my toothbrush Ooh. with my toothpaste. Oh, nice. I use this uh, toothpaste that, you know, of course I know. What's the brand? Uh, it's called Essential Oxygen. Oh, that sounds it's, good. You're going to like it, yeah. but um, of course, it's it doesn't have any fluoride. Yeah, mine you know, doesn't get rid of the fluoride, Aramere folks. Is mine. Fluoride uh, destroys the pineal oh, no. gland. Yeah, oh, no. so, I mean, yeah. People so, don't want to, oh, yeah, no. it's it's tough. But That's anyway, subject, um, but, but yeah, so now what I've done is like, you know, so those days that I don't do the oil pulling and yeah. stuff, I'll just, I, you know, I'll put like coconut oil on my toothbrush right. and then, you know, at yeah. least I'm getting that, you know. Yeah, yeah, antibacterial, antiviral, anti-everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That we want, anti-everything that we want. Not yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not the anti yeah, in, in the right place. In the least. right place, yeah. <laughs> anti but in a good yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now um, you're doing... Quantum healing hypnosis. Yes. Which is uh, something new to me. The idea, I, I've heard of, most people have probably heard of hypnosis, right? Mm -hmm. But this is a little bit different, Very right? Very different. It is. It is. And um, it's something which I was introduced to. Um, like I said, I'm a voracious reader, and yeah. I honestly, I, I was actually last night. I was trying to think, how did I get? How did I find out about Dolores Cannon? Oh, yeah. now, Dolores Cannon, um, she is the creator and of quantum healing hypnosis technique, mm. QHHT. Mm. Um, and I was introduced because she wrote several books, and I picked up this book called the three waves of volunteers hmm. and basically what Dolores you know she's again she was around in the 60s her her she was a navy wife um she passed away in 2014 hmm. but she actually discovered this hypnosis by chance her husband was doing you know just for the heck of it he was doing um not really for the heck of it but you know he was mm -hmm. doing these this kind of hypnosis uh, with people and she would be with him you know doing it and they once did a hip puts this woman under and she started all of a sudden went into this past life um because you know basically they were doing the hypnosis for healing weight you know mm -hmm. smoking that kind of thing but all of a sudden it took a turn in the middle of the hypnosis session and the woman started talking about the roaring 20s you know and started and changed what? her voice and the way she her mannerisms and everything and and they were like oh wow what's going on here mm. and um that kind of like launched the whole thing of past life regression for her and really using past life regression as a way to access the subconscious mind because the subconscious our subconscious mind communicates to us visually and orally you know mm. so 
So that was kind of her introduction. But as the years went by, she started becoming very deep into this type of hypnosis and realizing in different ways, you know, honing her technique, basically, Mm -hmm. is the best way to put it. Um, So basically, that's how QHHD emerged. And it really is a hypnosis which takes you below, you know, when we talk about brain waves. It takes you, uh, normal hypnosis takes you in alpha. And alpha is a meditative state. It's Mm. really a very focused Mm -hmm. uh, brainwave. It's lower than beta, which is when we're alert and focused and everything. But alpha, it really goes below and slower. And that's where you can, you're suggestible. You know, you you can, things could be said to you. And that's how people quit smoking. That's how Mm -hmm. people start losing weight. Yeah. But the QHHT takes you down to theta. And sometimes to a sonambulistic, I always have a problem with that word, (laughs) sonambulistic state, which is (laughs) even deeper, uh, where the person completely forgets and Mm -hmm. doesn't know where they are or what happens when they come out of it. Theta, you're absolutely alert. You know what's Mm -hmm. going on around you, or you know you experienced that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's, it's like you know what's going on, but it's really communicating with the deepest part of your mind which is the subconscious Mm -hmm. and for her the subconscious mind is really the part of you that knows everything everything about you Mm -hmm. you know um i think some people call it the higher self you know Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. zero point field um but but yeah there's a lot of different terms used for that and it's uh theta state is really the state of meditation which is very deep also like for for example tibetan monks you know sometimes mm, yeah, yeah they're the one they're when they go in the meditation it's going to be theta wow uh, when i go into meditation sometimes i feel that i'm theta you wow. know i can really feel that because but that's the place where miracles happen that's the place where um be- change in behavior can happen where you can understand a lot of things about yourself mm-hmm. that that you might be feeling but you know i find that today a lot of people are trying to feel mean feel more meaning in their life more mm. purpose you know a lot of people seem to be leaving careers and going into something more purposeful yeah. and uh you know which which is by the way something i do want to talk about and when we go yeah. into that yeah. because that's very important to understand now yeah. so anyway so i read this book called three waves of volunteers and it rocked my world because it so made sense to me wow. it was like she expressed in this book everything that I've always believed and understood about. Wow. Uh, so basically, she wrote these different books and different subjects. She even wrote about Jesus. She wrote about different, you wow. know, I, I encourage people to, to go check her, her books out, Dolores mm-hmm. Cannon. Um, anyway, so in this book, what she does is that she's seen so many thousands of people, so many thousands of clients, and she's archived everything. And what she started realizing is that in archiving everything that she would be talking to someone in one part of the world and then treat someone from another part of the world and they would be talking about the same thing what yeah it was crazy it was so she started so she started cataloging everything Mm -hmm. and when she cataloged everything she started seeing patterns and so what she did she started writing about that cool she would she would write about you know extraterrestrials for example she would write about uh the new earth you know different things and in this book the three waves of volunteers 
uh, and the new earth, she talks about that. She talks about the changes that are happening now. I mean, you know, everyone was like, oh my God, the Mayan calendar, 2012, what's right. going to happen, you know? And then it came and went, you know? <laughs> but there right. was something going on. In fact, yeah, there's, there been, some, there's yeah. been change, a, energetic Energy, changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah major totally. changes going on throughout the cosmos right. that are, I mean, the solar flares are picking up. I mean, there's a lot of energetic. And see, that's the thing. You have to understand you're an energetic body, your energy mm-hmm. first. So anyway, in this three waves of volunteers, she talks, and I, I, I do want to talk about this because this is absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. So what are the three waves of volunteers? Basically, um, after the 1940s, when we did Hiroshima and the bomb exploded mm-hmm. and everything, the universe and uh, other councils of uh, different planets, you know, however you want to collectives or whatever, were like, okay, Earth is not doing well. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to blow themselves up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so basically this call went out to the universe for volunteers to come and change the energy of the planet to help the heal the Earth yeah. because they really felt that it was going the wrong direction, mm-hmm. you know, that there was this kind of pervasive um, evil that was mm-hmm. taking over really. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so the first wave of volunteers is where I fell into are those people who were born, uh, like right now, they're in their late 40s, early 60s. Okay. Um, The second wave right now is like the late 20s and people in their 30s up to the late 30s. And the third wave are the new children coming onto the planet, which in their DNA is already coming and changed. Mm. And um, so the first wave is fascinating because the first wave is really the the ones that the trailblazers, I like to say, Mm. but they've suffered the most Mm. emotionally because um, they they or I want to say we it's like. Anyone that, you know, there are people, if you've ever felt out of place on this planet, if you've ever felt that you're not really, you know, vibing with people, Mm -hmm. you know, like you just, you just feel out of place. You Mm -hmm. feel kind of like, you know, I don't belong here, Mm -hmm. you know, uncomfortable around social situations, you know, and very, very deep emotions. You Mm -hmm. feel everything, you know, and to the point where, um, a lot of these, almost like, I, I want to say the boomers, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. really it. But, but um, many of them commit suicide because they feel, mm. even, even if they grew up in loving families or whatever, but right. for some unknown reason, they just can't handle it, you mm. know. And they, it's they, too much. They, it's too much. It's too mm-hmm. much. And, um, but anyway, these are the ones that are, uh, you know, trailblazing, pioneers, if you will, pioneers. of this whole uh, change in the energy right. okay that's happening so um and 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 are the teachers basically mm-hmm. you know of this the second wave is really interesting to me because the second wave of volunteers of those those who are born like maybe now in their late 20s to 30s are the ones um who basically they don't have to do anything because they're really literally beacons or antennas of energy, of really beautiful energy. And they may often be unconscious of this, you know. Mm. And basically, they can walk through a mall and change the energy of people, and they don't even realize it. They're just changing energy, you know, Mm. just by their presence, you know. So really, the second wave is really basically basically those who are, are all over the planet now and basically just putting out these energetic... Well, uh, yeah, frequencies of healing 
and good vibes you know yeah. it's like you don't know why but their presence is 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 very soothing mm-hmm. you know and again sometimes they're aware of it sometimes they're not um, people who are part of the volunteer group that she mentions in the book, a lot of them don't want to have kids. Some mm. people do have kids, but a lot of times, I mean, for me, I never had children. I never understood mm-hmm. why I never, I just never really yeah. thought, I mean, you know, yeah. I love, to... I mean, babies, it's, it's funny because when, when, when humans come in and they're babies, I'm, I, I, don't want to hold them and cuddle. I think they're adorable, you know. I love babies, but it's just like it's. I don't have that mother instinct yeah. of wanting to, right. you know, nurture yeah. and that kind of thing. Right. However, once you could talk to a child, yeah. I love them <laughs> because you can have conversations. Know, they're, yeah. they're like in a constant theta state, yeah, you know, yeah. until they're about six or something. Like I always like that until they're socialized. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know, said, yeah, yeah, that conditioning begins, yeah. the indoctrination, right? Begins. Yeah, but, yeah. So I, I like children when they when you can actually communicate with right. them and they have thoughts and when they're starting to communicate right. because I think that they have they're full of very profound insights you know children especially you know like when you get them alone and you're playing with them right. and you kind of like you can really be it's very fascinating to me that right. kids are still they come in and they're still kind of like remnants of other lives are still with yeah. them. Okay. Yeah. So that to me, that that's when kids are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. they start, they start, you know, their personality starts forming and everything. Yeah. I agree. So, um, and the third wave of volunteers, the third group is really, like I said, the new children coming onto the planet, which already mm-hmm. have their DNA manipulated and upgraded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's very interesting to me because Wild. they've actually, I remember reading about this one child where they found that they had uh, an extra... Um, what is a helix or something like that in their DNA? What? Yeah, it was fascinating. So, Wild. so kids, but you know, we do carry, you know, which is part of the subconscious mind. We do carry um, the energy of our ancestors. I right. mean, that is. Yeah. I mean, come on. You say that there's genetic tendencies to have a heart attack or genetic tendencies right. for any, and you know that you look physically like. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. you know inherit some of the traumas absolutely some of the, pain, yeah. some of the mm-hmm. the issues that your ancestors have totally um and and in naturopathy you know you you study that and you learn that that's actually happens and yeah it does so. yeah i so. absolutely believe in that absolutely mm-hmm. so uh so yeah and you know so i became very fascinated with her work and I started Googling her, and I found wow. out that she actually taught it, you know? So I, she was still alive at the time, and I yeah. guess I'm one of the lucky ones in the sense that I was able to be trained in this uh, uh, hypnosis yeah. modality, which, uh, while she was still alive, and that she wow. taught it, and, you know, it was just fascinating to me. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so basically I work with, I try to use everything I've learned mm-hmm. in healing and you know I, I healing is a very how do you see um that, it's a word that can trigger mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. especially in trigger. the medical field you know yeah. uh because you know to to use the word healing I mean I want to put out a disclaimer right away I'm not a doctor right. you know what I teach is uh, empowerment you know right. for people to to learn what how powerful they actually are and how they can change their circumstances Mm -hmm. and I find that a lot of the uh I mean can you believe that there's over like I was 
recently reading this, over 100 million people in this country that are suffering from some uh, type of anxiety. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and some of those people are suffering like 30% from actual depression. Right. Um, <clears throat> so this is and that's just only going to increase at this point it's you going know? to increase yeah. and that the generation that is affected most by anxiety are the millennials mm-hmm. okay oh i know yeah <laughs> right so so yeah so there is a lot of anxiety a lot of people mm-hmm. on different types of medications uh, you know, know to treat that right but i i'm a believer of you know, taking control of your own mind, you know, the mind is okay. So, so what I've learned, you know, in my travels and in my studies is that, and I, and I really, this is the approach I use body, mind, spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so there needs to be an integration of the three and the three are not, they're disconnected. A lot of, a lot of times, a lot of us have disconnections. For example, when I was talking about dieting, you know, um, that's the body aspects. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, if it cannot be permanent, if you haven't worked the mind or the spirit. And I always see that the master of everything and this human experience that we have, this human aspect is the mind. Okay, so in this reality, in this 3D reality, by the way, is such an illusion, you know, mm-hmm. and it's but it's hard to imagine that it's not because everything is solid, you, feel it, yeah. you know, it feels right. so real to us, mm-hmm. but um, but it's not, you know, it, it these are all soul contracts that we've engaged in mm. um, to come into this planet, whether if you're a volunteer or not, but you came for the experience out of the curiosity and mm. and and our energy energy only goes forward, right? So you're always going forward whether you're in this 3D reality or, or having an, a, a life experience somewhere else. It's always about forward movement. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the mind really is the key to finding your Zen, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak, and to find your place in society. Um, so I work with the mind first. And one of the entry into that is, is the quantum healing hypnosis technique. I find that that's a very easy way to begin a conversation with the subconscious mm. mind. Um, and, but actually, after that, how do you work with the subconscious mind? Um, you have to work with the breath. You have to work with meditation. You have to, uh, you have to change your complete belief system. Mm-hmm. Okay, Because everything, every trauma, every painful experience, everything that has affected every defining moment in your life, okay, is programming exactly how you want respond and react to everything around you Mm -hmm. okay and a lot of that isn't healthy a lot Mm -hmm. of it isn't you know there's a lot of healthy things you know god bless you if you have a loving family you know um because you have that support Mm -hmm. you know but but the thing is is that you know i always tell people you're born alone and you die alone no matter how you look at it, mm-hmm. okay? You, you could be, be, you know, someone could be holding your hand while you die, but when you die, there's no You're one there. You're going there You're by going yourself. You're going there by yourself, yeah. okay? And working with the mind is a way to take control of your life. And um, by doing so with a variety of techniques that I use, you can dominate the body. Because the body, with all of the imprints that it's had mm-hmm. in, in our lifetime, is actually in control of you. Because mm. think about it, you know, how many times you're like, okay, I'm not going to do this. And all of a sudden, there's this voice that says, go do it, go do it. <laughs> and you do it. Do it. That's the body. 
That's uh, not your mind. Yeah, right. That's the body. Mm. That's that's that they've taken control. The same with wanting to lose weight. You know, another aspect of that is, do you have parasites? Mm. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. another aspect, but yeah. that's part of the stuff that I, yeah. I work with. Um, and in the minds, there's a variety of ways to work with the mind, either through hypnosis or holotropic breathing. Holotropic mm. breathing, I don't know if you're familiar mm. with that. I've heard that term. But it's actually, uh, it's b- actually, I think it's been uh, trademarked, but, but, a lot of the ancient teachings use breath, okay? So it's yeah. not like, you know. Right. Anyway, um, so you work with the breath in different ways. And uh, hypnosis, did I say that already? Mm. No, I don't uh. know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and lucid dreaming. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dreaming. Okay. Yeah. And that's a real passion of mine. I'm, I'm pretty much obsessed with yeah. lucid dreaming. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but there's a variety of techniques. And, and one of the easiest ways is hypnosis. You know, mm. and learning the proper breathing. Um, breath is life. Breath is everything. Breath is God. Mm. You know, it's our connection to God. And um, by learning to control the breath, you could learn to control the mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, that really is very key. Um, you know, the ancient knowledge believes that if you if you dominate the subconscious, if you become, if the mind is able to become the master, mm-hmm. okay, let me put it that way, um, you will conquer death. You will die consciously, okay? Mm. Um, and that's really what we all want, don't we? Mm. I mean, if I pass on, when I die, I don't, I want a map, I want a road map, you know? Yeah. I would love to have a yeah, road map. that'd be great. You know, um, you've probably heard of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the Tibetan Book of the Dead is a very interesting book. It's really small, but it's worth a, a, a read for those who are interested in, in, in death and dying. But um, it really is a road map. It talks about the bardo, which the bardo is where you are and where you meander aimlessly, mm-hmm. you know, before mm-hmm. perhaps taking in another body, you mm-hmm. know, reincarnating. But it's a very, it's an experience which can be very exciting and fun. And it also could be very scary if you don't understand the death experience, right? Because you don't know where you are, you don't know what to do, and then you start seeing. But everything that you believe in will color your death experience, okay? Mm -hmm. So whatever archetypes, whatever idolatry, you uh, believe in mm-hmm. okay that is exactly what you're going to see when you die mm. okay so a hindu is not going to have the same death experience as a roman catholic right okay yeah. because your mind your subconscious mind needs you to feel safe and mm-hmm. it's going to show you what you believe in to understand what you're going through mm. okay and uh, with lucid dreaming you learn to dominate the dream Okay, and uh, that's very, very key if you want to, in your waking life, have control. So I always Mm. tell people, if you're feeling out of control in your conscious life, in your waking life, then you need to start working on the dream life. Mm. Okay, Mm -hmm. because the dream life, the other day we were having a conversation and you said something about deja vu. Yeah, yeah. And I remember what I told you. I said, well, actually, you did dream it. Right. And because dreaming is the precursor for what happens for in your conscious happen. life. Right. And I know that's a stretch for people oh, to I understand. Oh, I believe it. Sure. But, but how, and sometimes, you know, we forget our dreams, you know, unless right. you're really unless you write into it down it, like, or you, yeah. Sometimes I wake up <laughs> and I'm like, I've got to remember this because it was so, 
profound or so weird i have really weird dreams which we need to talk about that later we can talk about that after my dreams make no sense they're not like normal people's dreams they're Mm -hmm. like i went to the store and i saw this person that i haven't seen in 20 years and then you know i got in the car my my dreams are just out there out there out there bizarro yeah Yeah. they make no there's no yeah that's um what does that mean yeah well no 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 i mean because you you are and i think i think it's interesting that you're able to remember them i mean i remember them pretty well like yeah. last night i had some really well you might pretty yeah i mean i uh yeah well, i remember you them would probably time, be a yeah. good lucid dreamer yeah. uh yeah you would be really good yeah i mean i i've met people who lucid dream every day yeah i mean they're just like experts you know yeah. and they literally there's people who seriously they'll like get together in, wow. their, in their lucid dreaming and then um, oh, cool. they'll talk about it in their waking in their conscious uh, and they it all matches I think Derek used to have a lot of lucid <clears throat> dreams when he was meditating a lot that mm-hmm. can do it because again you're tapping and yoga and he was doing yoga a lot I would think he was oh, doing both you yeah, know yeah well, well you know uh, all of these practices and especially veganism I have to say mm-hmm. because we are light bodies and mm-hmm. the less heaviness everything that and death you don't want to put death in your body yes you know that's what's yes. so weird that's it's yeah. very true it's very true so anything that has been uh, touched by the sun, you know, mm-hmm. like if, I mean, okay, so we eat a cow, for example, uh, but where it's getting its nutrition? Mm-hmm. It's getting nutrition from something that is sun-kissed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah. have to say that. Um, and But that food is meant for us, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. the more you consume of that as greens, especially greens. Greens you know, are Something about greens, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and... Um, as opposed to eating something that eats greens, right? You know, yeah. it gets lost in the translation. Absolutely, you know, you yeah. have to you have to go. To go the don't go to the middleman. Go to the source. Go to the source. Yeah. You know, yeah, go to the source. So, so yeah. So going back to that, um, but people, I find that people who uh, eat less meat, mm-hmm. they. For some reason, they start they start tapping into the dreams. Mm. You know, I know there's a lot of meat eaters out there that that have. They might these, too, but yeah, yeah, you're just saying. Yeah. But what, what I'm saying, saying is yeah, that the most you can. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so yeah, so th- once once you break these patterns, and the only way you can replace, you know, the body's control of you, of your entity, of your aspect is literally work and I don't mean I don't mean I mean you have to practice you right. have to practice right. you know um, because you know it's like in order to change a ba- behavior you it's what is it Einstein I have that on my website it's like you can't change um, from the same consciousness that created it right well that's kind of like the same that uh, saying that uh, what is it oh dang it I can't think um, it's about try like expecting different results but doing the same thing yes. that kind of idea i mean it's the yes, same, it's the same, same, same idea. Yeah. yeah you mm-hmm. can you know because you have neural pathways mm-hmm. you know and these neural pathways have been so programmed by what our belief system and what our parents believed and right. sometimes you rebel against it but whatever belief system you have it's still gonna be you know there. it's it's it creates patterns that you can't get out of it's like this old paradigm but guess what the earth changes people are starting to feel this yeah. more people are, are starting to feel oh my god i got to get away from this right. it's not working for me right. you know how do i change that well you change it by changing your mind mm-hmm. you have to literally work on your mind mm-hmm. and like i said there's a variety of ways to do that which mm-hmm. i teach but but i find for me one of the for myself like i i like hypnosis qh i've done that and i love it 
Um, but but for me to maintain that is through my lucid dreaming and through my mm. meditation work. Mm-hmm. I always try to pull myself into the zero point field, and to uh, and lucid dreaming can do that. Lucid dreaming is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I I I've always turned to the ancient teachings and <clears throat> excuse me, but I found this guy um, called Sergio Magaña. He's a, a mm. Mexican teacher of mine. Mm. Um, he's written some really fascinating books about mm. lucid dreaming the Toltec way, you know, mm. which which I find that a lot of these this ancient knowledge is coming out. You know, yeah. people are starting to question. You know, there's this, um, the beliefs in the, the Mexicas, like the way he has explained it, it's so beautiful. But basically what's happened is that we're just ending what the minds call the fifth sun and mm. into the sixth sun. And mm. the fifth sun has always been about the external, um, med- you know, healing, because medicine cures you. You go out right. to the external. Religion is outside of you. You're seeking knowledge outside of yourself. Everything is happening to us from mm. outside of mm-hmm. us, Okay. <clears throat> but that's that's changing that's changing now because what's happening is that people are starting to realize that the answers to their questions is inside them right. we've been carrying it all this time but we've had this false belief that in order to learn things you have to go look outside yourself um, and to be happy you, and all those things. That is, yeah. it is mm-hmm. nothing to do with the price of rice in china it, right. really you have to go to your internal to your own heart um and and the way to do that, people are starting to realize, I need to, I need to do inner work. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to. But that's the sixth sun talking. Mm-hmm. Because what's happening is that, the, you know, since 2012, every, the energy is changing all over the cosmos and especially affecting people right now. I mean, right now, as we speak, there are energies changing the DNA of people in order to prepare for this 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 kind of like new earth and this new energy that's mm-hmm. coming forth and it's happening right now um but but yeah so you seek information now what resonates with you i went after my parents passed away i was lost you know mm-hmm. I, I was like thinking i'm an orphan yeah yeah that's what my mom said <laughs> you know, too yeah you it's know, like happened, i'm an yeah. orphan you know yeah. um it, it, and you don't and, and I did a lot of healing with my parents before they passed. But one of the things I, I experienced was um, a very profound sense of loss of myself. Hmm. And one of, I don't know how I learned about this Sergio, but I did. And I actually went twice to Mexico because it was so powerful, the work that he does. And he basically do, teaches, uh, we would go, to, I did this one um teaching with him it's called the caves of power that sounds fun yeah (laughs) it was amazing yeah you know all of this we go to uh the pyramids and teotihuacan and there are caves underneath and um he has special permission by the mexican government because what he's doing is is really affecting things over there and he has permission to be able to go into these caves and do meditations and we literally would do our we would get up in the middle of the night get on a bus and go into the caves in uh, my gosh. yeah in the pyramids and we would do this lucid dreaming what work. it was amazing that sounds amazing it was extremely powerful and basically his work is to you know to heal the ancestors mm. okay a lot of people feel i i you know that they're unable to find themselves on this planet and i always try to find out about 
tell me about your ancestors. Mm. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, well, I don't know much. And this and that. Yeah. And I said, you need to look at your ancestors and you need to heal the ancestors mm. because, um, you know, some of these ancestors are hanging around us. Mm. literally they're yeah. just hanging around and they're like "Ooh, vicariously let me have that cup of coffee Ooh, uh, i want you to drink some alcohol oh you my know? gosh <laughs> you know and this Whoa. kind of thing you know and, and you don't realize it but but a lot of times i found well for myself and you know meeting different people in these experiences i was kind of like going in kind of skeptical like he would say when we go to the caves and you're going to see this and you're going to see that and I'm like yeah right wow. you know okay it's going to be cool though to I go did. to a cave I, I mean, mean. Oh my God, I did. and we would do oh it on the gosh. phone oh my god it was just amazing but but something that I took away was a very I mean there was just one night that I just literally felt this you know the power of my ancestors and wow. um they had my back I literally felt that they were just kind of like my mother's generation on one shoulder, her hand, and my dad's generation on, oh. on the other one. And I literally felt this back, 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 back. And wow. I felt all of the gen- this like seven generations back. And I was just like, Phew. it was wow. like all healed, you know. And so sometimes you have to do powerful inner work like that really? in order to rid yourselves of some of the... <clears throat> The monkey on your back that you don't even <clears throat> know is there you know that you don't even realize right. you know so mm-hmm. so i mean this is something i i encourage people you know like if they've always felt that they're struggling i mean you know maybe you need to do some work with other you, things so yeah healing, healing with your ancestors and yeah. all of this just comes from ancient teachings and yeah and they all believe the same thing it's like dream yoga i was talking to derek about that Ooh. um you know the dream yoga is the very first lucid dreaming practice okay mm-hmm. and dream yoga is just that there's a uh, there's a uh, Tibetan Buddhist belief of, of dream yoga and working with, um, you know, they do believe the same thing. It's like you have to master your dream in order to master death and mm-hmm. in order to master your conscious life. Uh, so, right. so, yeah, so there's a wow. lot of very interesting stuff happening with totally. that. People are starting to realize, again, like I said, these changes in the sixth sun, it's like what Sergio said. It's like very true. It's like I keep on meeting people who just – are feeling very dissatisfied totally you know, with all the time yeah everywhere what's going yeah. on and how they're living their lives and questioning more things and why do i feel this and, mm-hmm. like, and i said well you need to you need to do some deep diving right. you know into yeah. the mind totally um you know and so and then spirit spirit is like the third aspect that you you work with because mm-hmm. once the body and the mind are communicating with each other properly you know, and you are living in a complete awareness, you know, there's this part of you, it's like, it's your higher self who Mm -hmm. you learn to touch and communicate with. And then all of a sudden you find yourself looking at yourself and catching yourself when you're unconscious in your speech and your thinking Mm. and your thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like, okay, reel it back in, you know, and and you go, okay, now I'm better. You know, I just, I need to get rid of that. Um, But but yeah, so I mean, the, the spirit is always consistently there with us, and it's really the part of us that is connected to the energies and the frequencies, the very subtle energies and the frequencies that build your belief system and why you believe the things that you do, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, changes can be made there, so. Yeah, profound changes. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, my work with the subconscious mind is continuously growing. You know that I, I, I started this company to making malas, 
I just want to mention that yeah, very briefly. Yes. Just very quickly because it came it, it was like a labor of love. Yeah. And that really was um when I was taking care of my dad, you know, there were times that I, I was getting bored, but I needed to be near him, you know. Right. And I love malas. I've always had malas because I do a lot of japa mala, which is the mm-hmm. <clears throat> the work and meditation where you do repetitive mm-hmm. kind of affirmations or if you want to call it yeah, that. I love it. But, um, but yeah, and it was just like, I just started doing that and I couldn't find very much into sustainable, you know, mm-hmm. and I just kept on seeing all of these, uh, sandalwoods, which is just, it was, uh, what was, it was a type of a wood that would be soaked in essential oil of sandalwood, which is mostly what people, they don't realize what they're getting. Wait, what? They're taking just normal wood and well, then just soaking it Well, it's a special kind of wood oh, that funny. they use that looks, is very similar. And I can't remember, I think I mentioned it on my website, but, but um, which, is, which is able to hold the essential oil of sandalwood. Oh, and so what they do is there's all these malas out there, you know, that you can buy, but what you don't realize is that you're not getting sandalwood. You're getting and and you can always recognize that is when you first receive it it smells very super strong super strong and then all of a sudden like like maybe a year later or something like that it's like where's the sandalwood you can't smell it anymore yeah but uh, sandalwood and so i was like what and so i did my own investigation and i discovered a source and you know like in a part of the world which i love and and they sustainably grow sandalwood. It's super expensive. It's one of the most expensive woods on the planet, wow. sandalwood. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so they're sustainable. They practice. I love them. And that's where I, I source my, yeah. my my wood. So I know it's the real deal. Nice. I know it's the, it is the it is sandalwood. Right. Um, but but yeah, so I started making my own malas because I was so frustrated. I couldn't find them. You know, yeah. I couldn't. I would like Google sustainable sandalwood or organic sandalwood. Yeah. Nothing. Find Nothing. It. I literally had wow. to like do research in order to find it. Wow. So I just started doing that and just making them for friends and yeah. family and that kind of thing. And it just kind of grew. And now, you know, once They're in a so while. They're so beautiful. Yeah. I have one. Been, so yeah. oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I love so, it. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's something I, I continue to do. Just like I said, it's the labor of love. And when I right. do make them, it's always, you know, with the Japa Mala and the mm-hmm. intentions to set, you know, yeah. in, as I make the Mala. So. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. if somebody wants to do a quantum healing hypnosis, have that done to them mm-hmm. or do, or how would you say it? Um, how can they contact you? Well, I always, uh, I have a website. It's called mm-hmm. omquantumhealing.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, that there you can get a lot of information Perfect. on what I do and you can book an appointment. Um, one of the things that I'm working with right now is... Um, online sessions this is i think that this is the wave of the future we have to always work with technology totally and have to be aware that people you know sometimes can't make it to what if you're in a different place i mean what if they want to have it done and they don't live here exactly exactly i mean back in the day with dolores people would come from all over the world to huntsville arkansas just to have that session but now i mean things are expanding and um people are starting to realize that uh you know it's possible to do it online yeah so right now i'm in the midst of i mean why not yeah i mean if you can have reiki done Mm-hmm. over the phone i mean I'm, you know why not yeah why yeah. not yeah. yeah yeah and it is long or, distance yeah. it can be done yeah but but yeah so go to my website check out uh the different things uh the qhht i highly recommend for people that are really wanting to 
for whatever issue they're dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's health, whether it's purpose, whether it's just curiosity yeah. about learning things. And, you know, you don't have to believe in past lives in order to have a session because it's just the way the, com- the subconscious communicates, mm. you know, which mm-hmm. is through visual and everything. Um, and it's like a dream state, you know. It's yeah. like you wake up and you're like, oh, I remember that. And then yeah. before you know it, you're kind of forgetting it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but, and then, uh, and then again, also I, I do the other things, which is working with lifestyle changes meditation coaching uh i like to go and speak about it you know which is a lot of fun uh so i can do like group hypnosis real quick which is very interesting um you know to just give people a a sense and a taste if you will of what hypnosis and how it can help you cool you know quantum healing awesome love it yeah Thanks for coming on. Oh, my God, Rebecca. This, this so has been fun. so much fun. I know. I know. So I'll put all this information, obviously, in my show notes. But um, Perfect. Yeah, totally. So until next time. Okay. Peace we'll and plants. Wow. That was one of my favorite interviews. Naturally, Olga is one of my favorite people. So I hope that you have been inspired to explore some of your subconscious thoughts and maybe any traumas that you've been holding on to, whether they're yours or somebody else's. It's really crazy stuff. But like I said, all of her information will be in my show notes. So if you would like to contact her and have any of her help from whether it was naturopathy, yoga, meditation, or do a quantum healing hypnosis technique, uh, session, which I have done and it was absolutely amazing. I cannot speak more highly about that experience. It was really awesome. So as always, thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please be sure to like, subscribe, share. You can also sign up for my newsletter at therefinedhippie.com. You can follow me on Instagram at therefinedhippie. I do a lot of stories and post on health, wellness, all the things that I love. And if you are enjoying these podcasts a lot and the information that I am putting out on my website and out there in the world, then you can leave me a little tip off via tip a link, which is on my website, therefinedhippie.com. The bottom right-hand corner, there is a little coin and you can also just scroll down and there is a gold button that says support. So tip a link is a platform that allows tipping content on the internet. So if you have a uh, website or a blog, a podcast, your musician, artist, all these things, then you can ask your followers or supporters to tip you money. It can be as little or as much as you they want whenever they want. So they don't have to do a monthly subscription or anything. I think it's a really great platform and I think it could revolutionize the way people monetize their content on the internet because there are a lot of people creating really great content for free or, you know, because they want to help. But wouldn't it be great if you're enjoying somebody's work that you could tip them. So you can do that and learn more about Tipalink via my website or go to tipalink.com. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I am excited to see what 2020 brings for us all. And until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants. <laughs>